Welcome to this podcast produced by Imagine, your resource for early childhood music therapy. Imagine is produced by Della Vista Publisher and can be found on the web at www.imagine.musictherapy.biz. This podcast is entitled Being Playful in a Pediatric Hospital, Music Therapy and Child Life Perspectives and presented by Matt Logan, Priyana Necret and Chloe Kelliger. How can play be adapted for multiple abilities? What if a parent or colleague has poor play skills? How do we support play in a culture-rich and diverse setting? These questions and more are addressed in this podcast by two music therapists and a child life specialist from UCSF Benioff Children's Hospital in San Francisco, who discuss the importance of play in a pediatric medical setting. Hello, you two. Hi. Thanks for being here today. Thanks. Happy to be here. Today we're talking about play. How does play look different in the hospital, and what are barriers to typical childhood play in a medical setting? I think the most obvious one would be that you're in a very unfamiliar environment. So many times you hear parents say, he's never like this at home. He loves cars. I don't know why he's not playing. And it's because everything's new. They're scared. It's in a completely different setting with different people. So you may not see your child play as you normally would at home. In a hospital, there's a lot of restrictions to mobility, which can be really tough for the two to three-year-old range when they're moving bodies and wanting to explore their environment physically. And so um, that can be really challenging about how to support um, their physical development while um, still remaining safe. When a child does have mobility restrictions or other barriers to play, how do you, especially in a group setting, how do you adapt what you're doing so that children of multiple abilities are able to play uh, either in the environment together or even with one another? Um, I am very intentional in the way that I set up the play space. Initially, I like to do a lot of stations um, with projects and activities for kids um, from a variety of abilities. Um, Also, I'm really big on like adaptable games. I've had a kid in a wheelchair who wasn't able to really use his arms and paint like he wanted to, so we put a lot of um, watercolor and water in a spray bottle, and then he was able to um, spray onto a canvas. So adaptable games I've had. um, Especially for our music groups, one way that we're able to kind of adapt to make sure that we're setting everyone up for success is by making sure all of our activities, like Chloe was saying, are really adaptable. So making sure that it's not singling one child out because just because they may be in a wheelchair and can't, you know, get up and run around like the other kids can, that we do more of an activity where I adapt it so everyone can be sitting during it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, maybe putting the instruments up on a couple chairs so they're not bending over and being unsafe or not doing passing games if a child has an IV on the back of their hand. Just making sure that we're able to adapt everything that we have to make sure it's safe and successful for everybody in the group. I run a karaoke group and I can think of situations where we've had kids who actually uh, can't sing because of a brain injury. They might have aphasia Mm -hmm. or some other reason that they can't sing, but a way for them to play with their peers and contribute to the group is that they can help choose songs or maybe play an instrument uh, while the others are singing. At what age does play really begin and how does play change throughout early childhood? It starts as early as infancy, right? Mm -hmm. Infants are exploring their world through their senses. So a lot of things go in the mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, 
a lot of touch. So a lot of like the kibasa I love for little ones, for infants. It's great for bringing their hands towards midline. It has that texture with the silver beads on it, helping them move and things like that. Also, even with, you know, cooing and engaging with parents and stuff like that, that can be a form of play too. It's just being silly, making silly sounds, mirroring what they're doing in that infant stage too. So it doesn't have to be only when they're talking. It can also be before that as well. Mm -hmm. Cause and effect is really big for the two and three year olds. That's why you see a lot of dumping, like dumping things out of bins, putting them back in bins. Um, that age, they're really coming into their power. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think choice too is really powerful in a hospital. And so allowing for that um, choice to happen for the two and three year olds and for them to feel empowered. Um, four and five year olds do a lot of dramatic make-believe play. So they're exploring their world um, through play and so <clears throat> try and support that a lot through dramatic play stations they have a group right now a lot of siblings of babies in the ICN so I bring out a lot of baby dolls um, and we do some play around that and they really love to nurture and feed and diaper these babies mm -hmm. so that's really big um, a lot of medical play too so um, with pretend um, medical kits and also some real supplies that can help kind of normalize what they're experiencing and, and allow for them to play out whatever traumas or difficulties they're experiencing. I think the more that you allow for that process, um, the more that healing can happen. So the hospital is a pretty serious place. <laughs> there are a lot of serious people and uh, a lot of situations that wouldn't initially at first glance appear to be playful or even have the um, capacity for playfulness. How do we as music therapists, as child life specialists, how do we model that for others and how do we show the other professionals that in fact they can use play in their interactions with children too? I think one way I definitely do that is by a classic example would be if you're doing a one-on-one -on -one session, right, in a patient's room and the nurse is going to come in just to do a quick check, they're going to peek on you and they're going to say, oh, you're busy, and they immediately want to book it and leave. And that's the best opportunity to grab them and be like, hey, why don't you come in here and do a song with us? Because therefore you're making this more of, you know, a play environment for them. You also want to make it successful. You don't want to put this person on the spot because that's the last thing they want to do is feel silly, especially when they're already uncomfortable, and modeling what you want them to do. So we're playing this game with music. I want you to play with us, play the drum with us, and also reinforcing them afterwards and making sure they feel validated for what they did is a great way to help reinforce it so that they're not always known as the person who comes in just to check the vitals. They also can be fun and they can be silly too. Yeah, absolutely. And what about parents who have limited play skills, either um, just because or uh, as a result of the stress that they're going through in the hospital? Um, I do a lot of modeling play at bedside. Um, I think that's really important, and hospitalization affects the whole family. I think there's a lot of stressors on parents, too, and they don't feel as comfortable playing in this kind of an environment, so I like to show um, that at bedside, how that can still happen. I had a family that um, um, the four-year-old girl was really withdrawn and not talking to a lot of um, staff members and um, family, and they would sit and watch Moana together a lot, watch the movie Moana, so I had come in um, with a bunch of craft sticks and kind of we decided we we're going to build Moana's boat, which was really special, and um, got 
the dad involved in that and the mom was like building the sail and had painted the sail and the two little brothers too so as um, a team we were building this boat and then I brought my water table in later on I have this portable water table that can travel and so um, we were able to sail the boat and it was just this really beautiful powerful moment with the family and when I had left the bedside the dad was still working with her on building different characters and um, different scenery from Moana so a success. That's really sweet. Yeah. Sounds like true family-centered care. Yes, exactly. How do you use music to support play in the context of an interdisciplinary team? I think one way that working with an interdisciplinary team would be by co-treating. So working a lot with our rehabilitation team, especially with our infants. So a lot of times with our goals will be to get them to sit up you know, to work on that trunk control. And so when they get them up, it's like, what do you have them do? And so the instinct with the rehab therapist is always, we need them to play. This is an important part of development is having them play. So encouraging, you know, reaching, having them reach forward, bringing their hands to midline, tracking auditory wise with family and things like that. So I think also demonstrating what play can look like when you are, you know, getting a little one up into a seated position is also very beneficial. Um, and so therefore they have something to work on for next time if I'm not with them. So with music, I think that's important is providing instruments that can support play and demonstrating what that would look like with the interdisciplinary team. In a culturally diverse city like San Francisco, we end up seeing kids and, and providing services to, to children and, and patients from a variety of backgrounds. How do we provide culturally competent care to, to patients who might not be from the same background? I think one way is through the environment. I think it's really important for um, kids to see, you know, dolls with their same skin tone, to have books that represent the many languages in San Francisco, so a lot of Spanish books, different languages. I have a whole bookshelf of um, yeah, books in different languages, um, dolls of children in different abilities, um, a doll in a wheelchair, things like that. That's a really good point, yeah. I think one way also for music would obviously be learning songs <clears throat> of, you know, songs that are in Spanish and that, you know, mom and dad are singing at home or they are familiar with or even playing them or even if we're able to get certain instruments that help support their, you know, their cultural background. It's also very powerful and something they also can share with us you know, that they're teaching us, which is also really special. I think they enjoy, patients and families really enjoy doing that, sharing a part of their culture with us too. Thanks for listening to this Imagine podcast produced in 2018.